Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter, and I've got Mark Immelman on the line. Mark, how are you doing today? Kyle, I'm great, man. Uh, sort of into the playoffs now. It's been a hectic summer, and we've got the regular season behind us. And in last week, Northern Trust in New Jersey was just spectacular. So uh, that was great. And now Chicago this week. I mean, we're going to some pretty cool places here in the playoffs. So uh, all good. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. There's only eight. Uh, rounds left in the season and we're only going to see 70 guys this week and and 30 next Uh, I want to talk about the BMW championship at Medina here in a minute but first the story that's dominated golf over the last week or so I don't know if it's dominated sports the way that we think it has but uh, it's certainly been a big thing Uh, slow play Uh, you were obviously up at the Northern Trust uh, mm-hmm. experienced a little bit of this, uh, kind of, kind of being there, uh, being on the scene and everything. Just what, what were your general, just give me your broad overview takeaways from the week and, and just kind of the way everything played out. It was kind of, there was some tension. It was kind of weird just being there. What was it like, uh, kind of on the grounds? Well, for me, it was actually, it became quite personal. Um, on Saturday morning, I think it might've been, I was on the way down to the car with my family and heading over to the golf course at the hotel. And, and Bryson comes out of the hotel lobby and he looks over at me and he goes, he points his finger at me and he comes striding over with much purpose. And and I was like, hey, Bryson, um, how are you? He goes, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh, okay, am I in trouble? And he goes, well, I think so, maybe, I, I don't know. And and then he starts, he goes, uh, you know, the, the whole thing, this is painting me in a bad light and and uh, it's it's bordering on, on on defamation. I think the term I can't remember the term that he used. He goes, <laughs> it's it's certainly not good. It's it's not good. And and that stuff on TV wasn't right. And I, I was like, oh, easy now. We weren't part of the coverage, but I saw some of the stuff on social media. And then he started just kind of talking to me a little bit, going, you know, that six minute clip or whatever it was. I can't remember the time. It's all blurring for me right now. He goes. Oh, it's on the six hole that whatever long I took and I paced off the yardage, I had to wait anyway because someone was on the green and then this and this and that. And then he was talking about walking faster between golf shots to take more time. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get you. I, I've called him in golf before and, and, and he doesn't hang around. Ordinarily, he, he, he works out a lot of the stuff before the, you know, while someone else is hitting. And, you know, once or twice he's been caught lately, but it's a hot button issue as it is with uh, the golf ball distance it's traveling. So I said to him, I'll find out for you someone you can talk to, which I did. And then he texted me back, was very polite, and he goes, I appreciate you. Um, thanks for everything. And I was like, man, I, I commend you for, for for trying to be a part of the solution here because the truth of it is um, Bryson just became a big pylon. You know, everyone jumped on the thing, yeah. but there are a number of guys who are slow. And I'm going to use the term slow. Let's call it deliberate. Because I walk a fine line with this, Kyle, because 
deep down, down I'm a golf teacher. And I see too many club golfers who try and copy these PGA Tour players who are now trying to whistle around rounds in the interest of playing fast. And then they hit bad shots and they actually end up taking longer because they're looking for more golf shots and stuff. So I'm of the opinion you want to play faster, you hit the ball better, you don't make big numbers. You put ball greens, uh, holes in the middles, middle of greens and you make greens slow and you know we can go from there. But you can't do that on the tour. So I can understand why these guys take a little longer, all this money on the line, all these points, you know, invitations to events, um, sponsorship obligations, all these sorts of things that these guys have got in their minds. So I get it. It's not right. And, and I'm just glad personally that the PGA Tour now after this Bryson thing, I guess, have decided to step in and, and, and sort of review the policy, which is which is a good idea. Well, it seems like Bryson's sort of point of view and, and, and sort of what he said to you is like, he, he always falls back on this thing of walking fast. And, mm-hmm. and I understand what he's saying of like, look at the entire round. Don't just look at the singular shot. The, the problem, and, and you know this from doing uh, PJ Tour Live and, and being there and all this stuff, is that when everything is is broadcast on a PGA Tour Live, the shot is the thing that uh, like viewers see, and so there's so much consternation over like taking two two and a half minutes over a shot. They don't care about the walking. The walking, it's all the same to to, yeah. to viewers, and so you get this viewership problem of. Uh, people get frustrated over the shot when they're trying to watch. They don't. They don't care about the walking. Even though I sort of understand where where Bryson's coming from, in that you have to measure the round as a whole. So where do you stand on the walking versus taking too much time over a shot thing? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, you shouldn't take too much time over the shot. The rules are. I think the first guy is allowed 40 seconds. This might be re- 45 seconds. This might be reviewed. From then on, you've got 40 before you pull the trigger. Now. If, if you know, there's TV cameras to bear in mind because these guys are starting to get into place. There's crowd movement. There's all sorts of things that can throw a player off and then you've got to restart. So that it becomes a part of the thing. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion you abide by the rules. We expected to abide by the rules in all other areas of the game. Um, you drop the ball from knee height now. You penalize yourself appropriately if you've hit it in a penalty area. You do that there. So why not abide by the pace of play rules, the allotted time? within reason in the professional game. Because yeah. what I think the listener to this must understand is there's a lot of production value involved. And, you know, for you and your buddy at home, whoever's listening, you know, you don't have to worry about a camera crew getting in position behind you, uh, crowd noise, and whatever the case might be. And that slows stuff down. So it's, it's, it's not as finite to me as what people are making it, but I still feel like the players have to be, abide by the rules. But I guess I'm sort of go, getting a little gray here saying, I understand when you've got $15 million on the line, you're going to take a little time over an eight-footer if it means something. And it does. You know, we're in that stage of the season now where every stroke counts. Well, I guess, and the, and the, yeah, I, that's I, a, I, guess, I guess my parting shot is that, um, look, it's a problem. And if you want to deal with it, you just penalize folks. It's as simple as that. And if the PGA Tour starts doing this and they start enforcing the rules like the European Tour guys do, you're going to see folks speed up in a big way, I promise you. It's a good point. And, you know, the, the, some of the, the defense that I've seen is like, so, so there's a difference between like in basketball and football, referees swallow their whistle in the fourth quarter. Five minutes mm. left, play, yeah. end of a playoff game, 
whatever, man, like just do whatever. And, and, and I think there's such a difference between that and like the second round of the first playoff event. Like I, some people were, were defending Bryson by like posting video of tiger, um, reading a putt on like the 17th at Augusta on a Sunday. And it's like, well, that's not equivalent. Like that's not the same thing. Well, as that's like, weird. I mean, I've I've got a lot of respect for for the PGA Tour rules officials and Slugger White especially. I mean, they've got a tough tough job that they're doing. You talk about swallowing whistles. He came out and said, he goes, you know, if it's on us to appropriate some penalty to a person, you know, that one stroke or that two strokes could be the difference between losing a card and gaining a card. Or, or you know, there's so many things to bear in mind now. So there is all these gray areas, and I think that's what's going to be cleaned up with this revisiting of the policy to at least sort of have something etched in stone where, you know, you kind of know if you've misbehaved. You know, I, you know, I think of my job as a dad. Um, if the kids, if my kids don't know what the rules are, you can't punish them. Yeah. So, you know, right now certain guys do take longer and they take longer and there's, the list is long and the list is in, illustrious. I got to tell you, the only real fast guys in the tour, are McElroy, Bill Haas, Dustin Johnson, and one or two others. I mean, I've, I've, I've called a lot of guys that take their time, and these are all the glitterati of the tour. So I think if the, 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 the policy is better stated, then at least folks will kind of know if they're in the wrong. And I think that, you know, the reason you've seen guys like Rory and Kepka and DJ uh, kind of, I don't know. Books, of I course, yeah. Uh, speak out against this. I, th- I, think, I think speeding up play helps them. I mean, it, it, and this is a point that Andy Johnson of the Fried Egg has made, but like, Decision making is a skill, and those guys know what they're doing. They and and they have more shots in the bag than some other guys, and so they have they have more options in terms of like, okay, well, I can do this, make the decision, pull the trigger, and I I just I think something like this greatly benefits them, which is why you see them speak out against it so much. That is such a good call, man. I'm gonna tell you, and I and I was there at Augusta a few years ago when Rory was. I think it was Saturday afternoon, final group with uh, Jordan Spieth, and Rory yeah. was blasting at 30 past him every time, and Jordan would get to the ball, win switch, him and Mike Grella would talk back and forth, more practice swings, more deliberation, because, you know, they, there's a lot of talk on the go too, and you could see this affecting Rory. And in the end, he got completely off kilter and just lost all the momentum. And so you're right, uh, the fast guys, it's, it's, it's hard to deal with someone deliberate. And... You know, the deliberate guys, they honestly don't give a stuff. They're going to go at their pace, and if you're fast, it's more than likely going to affect you than it's what, what it's going to affect the slow guy. Just one more thing to this. You know, I work for CBS. You work for CBS. I'll tell you, in all the, the, the shows we've done on the weekends, it's been, I can count on one hand when we've run past 6 p.m. <laughs> we, we, we somehow get done at the right time, and that somehow speaks to the way the the pace of play is managed too. It's just obviously become the, the the latest thing that we all get to talk about. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it does seem like, seems like a rules issue more than anything. Cause, and Kep, Kepka brought this up. He said, well, I don't get to like, you know, uh, erase a penalty stroke when I hit a ball in the water just cause I want to like, that's, that's the rule. <laughs> and I, I mean, it, that's a little more black and white, obviously, but I, I'm fascinated just as you are to see what the PGA Tour does with this. Uh, okay. Uh, can, 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 may I one more? Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go. 
you, you mentioned Brooks, and obviously we were there on Sunday morning and or whenever it was, because after Bryson had talked to me, he went and cornered Ricky um, Elliott, Brooks's caddy, and said, if your guy's going to have something to say about me, I want him to say it to my face, which Ricky passed on to Brooks, which Brooks is going to do. So apparently they had this um, deliberation on the side of the putting green. And, 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 you know, Brooks is an imposing dude. We all know this, right? And, and i got to hand it to you. For Bryson DeChambeau to get in, go up and get in Brooks Kepka's face... <laughs> If I'm Tiger Woods, captain of the President's Cup team and future Ryder Cup captains, I'm like, this dude is for real, okay? He, he wants, he's not going to back down for anyone. Anytime the Euros put up Ian Poulter, slot Bryson DeChambeau in there because he is up for the battle. And and, and, and that, that was my takeaway from that interaction. Uh, so I just got a, a transcript from, this is from Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio, and uh, Bryson and Kepka were both on with, uh, who, who was hosting? Oh, it was uh, Pat Perez and Michael Collins were hosting it. I guess uh-huh. this was last night. So mm-hmm. I just got the transcript from this. Um, so Collins said, Michael Collins works for ESPN, by the way, for people that don't know. But he said, people acted like the two of you guys were going to fight. And Bryson said, this is, a, this is a quote from Bryson. Let's be honest. We know who would win that fight, and it's not me. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, he would kick my ass. <laughs> and Pat Perez said, we do know that. And Kepka said, Yes, he's got that right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, okay. Well, but that speaks to the moxie of Bryson because, man, if I know some dude's going to take me, like you and I, you've got me for size and strength and age, I'm not going to take you out, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, but he's still going to go and get up in the dude's face because he believes implicitly in what he does. And so, you know, I was impressed at that. Yeah, the whole thing is, it's it's fun. This time of year, it can get a little sleepy. Uh, it makes for uh, fun and good drama. Um, speaking of drama, Corn Ferry Finals start this week. We got three, we got three events. Uh, it is such a, um, it's tense in a different way than we saw at the Northern Trust last week. Um, you know, you've got, you've got these 126 through 200 on the PGA Tour trying to get their cards back. Guys like Bo Hostler and, and, you know, some of the guys that, you just missed out on that top 125 and then mm-hmm. you've got uh, some other guys from the from the corn ferry uh, either trying to get better status or um trying to get into the pga tour next year so pretty fascinating stuff we've got the nationwide children's hospital championship this weekend uh mm-hmm. that's in columbus ohio uh, i'm curious my question for you mark give me three guys that you think are coming out of this Corn Ferry Finals that don't already have their cards that are, that are going to earn them by finishing in the top 25 this week? Um, well, or I'm going to start with my boy from South Africa, Justin Harding. Um, youngster grew up at our home golf course. Nickname is Hack because as a kid, he never hit it that well, but could get the ball up and down from in a trash can. I mean, he was he's unreal around the greens. And He's had a big season. I spent some time with him in Memphis at the World Golf Championships event. I asked him what the schedule was, and he was undecided then and said, look, I'm going to go there to the Corn Ferry Tour because I want to get my PGA Tour card. And he's got all sorts of game. He's had a prolific last 18 months or so, I think it is, winning, what's it, five times around the globe. He was a part of the story at the Masters on Sunday. So I'm going to go with Hack Harding. Um Victor Hovland, you've got to. I mean, the guy's just playing so well. Um, yeah. He almost made it in the regular season at Greensboro at the Wyndham Championship. And then maybe this is a bit sentimental of me, but I'd love to see Eric Compton back on the PGA Tour. I mean, just a little while back, he chipped in on the 72nd hole at the Wichita Open, you know, to get into that playoff there. Obviously, we all know, you know, that the story of the heart transplants follows Eric around. But 
this is a guy who, I, who I've watched since junior golf and such golf since golf at the University of Georgia. He's got all sorts of grit, and his story is incredible. For for folks who don't know what he's actually gone through and what he has to go through to be able to play, you should go and read up on Eric Compton. So I'd love to see him back on the biggest stage. I like those. I, I'm going. Uh, I almost went all Oklahoma State here, but I'm going. Uh, I'm going Hovland. You do that all of the time, man. <laughs> I know. I know. It's not good. Uh, Hovland's like the free space and bingo. That feels too easy. Um, but I, I'm going to go Hovland. I'm going uh, Peter Uline. Mm-hmm. So Peter Uline finished 141 in uh, in strokes gained on the PGA Tour this year. He just, you know, he's a guy that like just so much talent. He wins the he wins yeah. the 2000 I think 10 USAM at Chambers Bay, has a lot of success in Europe. Comes over I think it was last year at the end of last year, and uh, played in a few PGA Tour events. Got his card. I remember somebody predicting like, look, guys are playing for 24 cards at the corn for at the time it was the Web.com finals, and yeah. uh, because Uline was just lights out at the time, and and he easily got in. And uh, he just didn't—he just didn't have it this year. And so I don't know. Maybe it clicks for him again uh, in this three-event playoff. So I'm going with him. And then the guy I mentioned earlier, Bo Hostler. I just think he's got just way too much talent to uh, to fall back into the Corn Ferry Tour. And you know who knows? Like I always go back to something that Matt Kuchar said. This was at uh, Match Play when it was at Dove Mountain. This is probably six years ago when I first started out. He said, "Look, PGA Tour ten-year learning curve." And it's not, it's not necessarily the golf. It is figuring out how to travel, how to rest, how to do all these different things. Mm-hmm. He said it's really hard, and it takes years and years to figure out what works for you. And I think you see with some of these young guys like Hostler, like it, it, your your game is probably good enough, but you got to figure out all the other stuff. So yeah. he's my other guy. I think those three guys are just mega talented and, and, you know, I think that comes out over the next three events. Well, I tell you what, uh, you talk about dramatic, you look at some of the names who are in the corn Ferry finals. I mean, the former PGA tour guys from 126 through one, I think it was 150 that didn't make it, you know, all these guys that have been on the corn Ferry tour, they are some really good players and some great names. And, and, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. I mean, like Bill Haas, for argument's sake, he was 140 on the PGA Tour um, FedEx Cup points list last year. This, you know, these are guys who are blue chip golfers. You know, he's a former FedEx Cup champion. So I know it's going to be some fascinating watching over the next bit. Yeah, and you've got. I think one of the interesting things is uh, PGA Tour veterans uh, kind of pitted against these these young guys. You know, you've got your Doug Gims and and. Uh, different guys like that up against your Henrik Norlanders and your um, Hunter Mayhans. And I I don't know that that part of it is super interesting because there's a lot of, there's a lot of different life stages there and guys trying to do different things. And uh, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty compelling stuff. Should be fun. Yeah. Hard to believe. Here's when you, you talk about Oklahoma state, you know, Georgia tech puts out so many, so many good collegiate golfers in the PGA tour and Matt Kutcher is one of them. How about Ali Schneider, Jens? You talk about couldn't miss. He's in Corn Ferry Finals. Uh, it's Seth Reeves. There, there are a whole bunch of Georgia Tech boys in there too. It's like a like an NCAA event eventually. Well, and and I think Schneider, Jens, like barely got. Wasn't he like one eighty or one ninety? He's one eighty. He barely got in there. That's crazy. He, I, I remember a couple years ago, he was he almost won the uh, the Wyndham when him and Stenson were were uh, fighting for it. 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's wild. Uh, okay, last thing on the uh, play this kind of playoff time before we get to the BMW specifically. Um, anybody you feel like we're sleeping on in terms of uh, FedEx Cup and just kind of the next couple of weeks? Um, yeah, I got three. Um, I'm maybe I'm being a homer. I'm, I'm going to go with Louis Westes, and you know he had been playing yeah. solid all year, but. The game began to round into form. In fact, in Memphis, I was on the range with him, and he was on our PGA Tour live show, and we were talking technique. And you know, the golf swing was there, and he's he's played beautifully over the last while, and and was I think tied sixth in the Northern Trust last week. Uh, Paul Casey, that guy is a fixture at East Lake, and he plays the golf course well. Took last week off, which he told us at Wyndham he was going to do, um, and I think I was very savvy. He's well rested coming in here, um, and then. I don't know. Somehow Justin Rose is a sleeper. I mean, no one's talking about the dude, and he's 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 coming to a place in Medina this week that is right up his alley. He had a wonderful Ryder Cup there, uh, and so I don't know. Is he a sleeper? He shouldn't be. I mean, but but somehow no one's talking about the guy. Yeah, he he kind of is. You get these big names up there that have won a ton, and then you just that you just kind of yeah, you just forget about him. Um, I I'm gonna go. This is. This is going to sound weird because he just won. I think Patrick Reed is a little bit of a sleeper for me to win the FedEx Cup because so he's up to number two in the in the FedEx Cup standings. But I don't I don't think people are like taking him seriously in terms yeah. of of winning at all. Like his odds are you know there's still guys behind him with better odds, and mm-hmm. I just feel like he I mean he takes this stuff super serious. Like he is like in right now. And his game's better. Tita Green, he's just so much better. And uh, you know he's going to just be locked in over the next couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he's a little – I think we're I, – I, I don't know if we're sleeping on him in general, but to win the FedEx Cup this year, it feels like he's got a, a pretty decent shot at it. Well, well, I guess what you say there is very well founded because with a new scoring system, you know, you've got to be pretty close to to, uh, to, to not spot someone like Rory a 10-stroke start at least yeah. like – bad deal so so reed currently at two i think it is uh, that, that's a good call you know for argument's sakes casey and louis they're gonna have to do something extra special so i'm still looking over the longer haul but but patrick reed will be a part of the story at the end of this at the end of next week of that i'm convinced yep for sure uh okay we're gonna preview the bmw we are going to give our picks and we're gonna do that after the break okay mark i'm gonna be i'm gonna be upfront, honest with you why is Tiger playing this week? I don't know. <laughs> I had such a I had such a dilemma earlier this week because I'm part of Rob Bolton's PGA Tour Fantasy One Done League, and all our results get posted on PGATour.com. And I'd saved Tiger. Kyle, get this for the entire season. I'd saved him <laughs> this week. Okay. And then he pulls out last week, and he didn't look very convincing Thursday morning, and he just didn't look right. You know, not making full swings in in the pro am and such, and and I was like, oh no! So now I've got this dilemma: Do I use the guy? Or don't do I? So, eventually, I did. I haven't. Uh, you know, I'm, I may call an audible at 11:59 this evening <laughs> before the change. But but I went with Louis Oosters, and so I, to, to be honest with you, I can't answer that question. Um, uh, he to I think he needs a solo 11th or better yeah. at the BMW to get into East Lake. But you know what? It's a big deal to, to defend one's title. And, and that was a pretty special title he won last year at Eastlake. 
And it's one of those sort of, you know, it was the comeback win at the time. Obviously, that was a clip by eclipsed by the Masters in April 2019. And so um, maybe there's some of that at play. Uh, maybe he's well. Maybe the injury last week was, wasn't as big as what a lot of us pundits were making it out to be. So I don't know for certain. I, I really don't. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, even the way he talks about it, he's like, well, you know, I felt pretty good this week. And it's like, like sort of by definition you're day to day and yeah. i just i don't know i i don't i don't love it i i know that you know the the there's probably pressure in terms of the playoffs the fedex you know all this stuff mm-hmm. um and 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 you know he wants to compete it's not like he doesn't want to play but i i just uh, i i don't know i i'm not i'm not a huge fan of it uh having had you know as we've been in the media lived through it over the last five or six years of will he won't he will he won't he I just I don't want to do that again and I know I know I know he doesn't want to do that again but it's part of the Tiger Woods thing you know Friday afternoon at 5 p.m is he entering the next week I mean that's been you know you're right you got deadlines to get in and you're not sure at 458 if Tiger's in a field um you know something I just looked at now as we look into the 1920 PGA Tour schedule the word is that he has committed to playing the Zozo Championship, yep. which is in the end of August, uh, end of October, forgive me. And, and that's overseas. And if he doesn't play this week, he's not going to play in the Greenbrier. He's not playing in Mississippi. He's not going to Napa, I don't think. He was supposed to a few years ago. I don't think he'll go to Vegas. Houston Open is no. Uh, and so it'll be, what's that, all of September and most of October bef- before he's competitive again? That's like two months and that's a big break. And then before he was competitive, he had nine holes, uh, pardon me, 18 holes in the first round at Liberty National, a golf course he's played very well at, but weren't very convincing. So maybe there's some of that at play too to just at least get some competition under the belt. Yeah. But we, we, we've, we've got to preface this with the dude's Tiger Woods, and he's probably going to turn our heads and prove us all wrong on Sunday <laughs> evening. That's also highly likely. Uh, how are you doing in your one and done, by the way? Pretty well. I'm hanging in. I was leading for a while. Now I'm se- uh, then I was second, and now after last week, I had Jason Day last week, and that turned into a bust. So I've dropped down to third, but I'm there. I'm poised. I'm close enough to make a run. The qu- the points are quadrupled, and and I'm going to let my hand go if any of the guys are listening. I'm going Louis this week, and I'm saving Rory for next week, and I feel like Rory does it. I love it. That's great. I've been very uh... disappointed. You, you know me, I've been very disciplined. I've stuck to the plan the whole year, and it worked, except for the Tiger Woods thing. <laughs> Tiger showing up in Mississippi would be just phenomenal, by the way. Like, would... The internet would break. <laughs> the internet would break. Oh, man, it'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's talk Medina real quick, and then we'll, uh, we'll get to our perfect finish. Uh, Medina, just general thoughts. We've had some... We've had some super compelling events there between the Ryder Cup, uh, both the PGAs. Uh, Hale Irwin won a U.S. Open there back in 1990. Just what when you think about Medina, what's the first thing that you think of, Mark? I think of major championship golf. I mean, all of those you list. I mean, you talk about Hale Irwin winning, running, you know, making that 60-footer across the green, running high, fiving everyone, and then there's poor Mike Donald who was leading the event the entire time, gets in a playoff. He actually had a putt to win, I believe it was, and gets in the playoff and Hale ends up pipping him at the post. Uh, it's it's a major championship place. The Ryder Cup's there. 
uh, were have been incredible. I, I was at the one, the, the the most recent one where Rory was rushed to the golf course in a police car. And I, I remember we, I was on 15 there and Phil and Keegan were playing together and and Keegan made that putt. And I remember at the time, Pepsi's caddy swinging at a flagstick with American flag around and folks were just going rabid. So it's a great sports town, Chicago. Um, uh, Tom Bendelo design, which is going to ask you questions off the tee. You have to drive the drive it well. Um, the, the reports are that the rough is pretty lush and, and, and the golf course moves in both directions and you're not going to fake it around there. So uh, I, I think after last week, which was a ball striker's place, this week's more of the same and Eastlake is that. So I think as it fits into this this rotor of three golf courses in these playoffs, it is the perfect on either side of, of the sandwich and 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 it's going to be really cool and it's a, a championship golf course obviously for sure uh okay it's time to get to our perfect finish brought to you about brought to you by amstel white at the end of any round you know what the perfect finish is it's in a nice bottle of amstel white mark give me your perfect finish for this weekend <laughs> maybe i've been drinking too many amstel lights um okay listen to this perfect finish do you remember in the PGA Championship, um, when was this? Uh, Tiger was hang, clinging onto a lead. There was a young Sergio Garcia chasing. He hits it behind the tree there on 16. Curves this thing on the green, runs sprinting up there, scissors jumping up 16 fairway. Tiger makes uh, a six-footer or so on the last, takes a deep breath and sighs and wins the major championship. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, we're going to have a reprise this year. This is the perfect finish. Um Tiger beats a sprinting up the 16th fairway Jordan Spieth, who has now found a little game. <laughs> okay. But he's still not driving the ball that accurate. So on 16, he's in the game. Everyone's going nuts. Tiger is clinging onto the lead. You know, no one thought he was going to play. Spieth drives it behind the same tree as Sergio Garcia. Um, pardon me, Jordan does. Curves it onto the green. He's running up the fairway, jumping. Everyone's shouting, screaming. But Tiger... Makes a six-footer on the last to beat a charging Spieth. And Spieth then does enough to make it back to the Tour Championship. How's that? This is, uh, you have been, had a couple of Amstels, I think. <laughs> I don't know. You I, thought, I, thought, I thought you were going to say Tiger running and doing a scissor kick, which I do not need to see at this at this <laughs> point in his career. That would, that would not be good. <laughs> yeah, golfing, golfing world can't afford that, man. Man, I could... Uh, I could do like 30 minutes on speed. I, I won't because me and Chip talked about him a lot. But uh, there are just – I mean, you're right. Like there are times where it's just like, man, he's he's playing – he's awesome. He's having the best putting season of his career. He's never putted this well before. And yet yeah. he he just can't string together four rounds of ball striking. Uh, okay, in light, of, in light of the last week, my perfect finish, Bryson and Brooks final pairing on Sunday – and right. <laughs> they get to the final hole and Brooks and they both have like 20 footers and Brooks just ices him. Brooks is up first. He takes like six minutes to, to make his putt. He goes ahead and makes it. Bryson's rattled. Can't, you know, can't get it done. And Brooks just walks off the course and gets on the jet for Eastlake. He's such a contrarian. That's good though. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, here's the reality of that. I love that, okay? I, I mean, I would be glued to your television, okay? But I just, I think Brooks would ice himself if he took so long. Oh, he would. He, yes. he Yeah, he would just quit. In, he would just not, 
not want to continue. <laughs> that would be good, though. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Uh, okay, that has been the perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light. Okay, Mark, picks from Medina. Uh, what do you got for me? Uh, Justin Rose. Uh, you can't overlook him. He's playing solidly, played well last week. You know, the golf game is there. I mean, he's second. Justin Rose, okay, if you toss out the name Justin Rose to people, any golfer, anyone somewhat in the know, and they're going to talk about a ball striker, the guy is second on the PGA Tour putting. Okay, and it's a, a golf course. He's got a lot of good memories on. I mean, I remember him making a curling 50-footer against Phil Mickelson there on the par three, 17, um, and, and and he knocked off uh, Phil in that game in the Ryder Cup. There's all sorts of good, all sorts of good vibes there. He's playing well. He's he's itching to get back. He's the defending FedEx Cup champion. That's the most underappreciated um, nugget of the season because no one is saying it. Yeah, and. and he plays well at this time of the year, so I feel like Justin Rose is, is a must-do. I like that. Uh, I'm going John Rahm. I've been on John Rahm for the last three weeks. Uh, he's had an unreal summer. I mean, just some of his his worst finish over the last, I want to say, six weeks was a T11 at, at the Open, maybe two months. Mm-hmm. He, he wins in in uh, at Lahinch. almost wins in Spain. Uh, he's just been playing really good golf. Played great last week. Is a course that seems like it would fit in. It's so long. It's playing like 7,700 or something. Yeah. Oh, 72. Like, it's big. Yeah. So um, just on the heels of last week, it, it feels like a, a, a really good spot uh, for him at, at Medina this week. Yeah. No, look, it's, you, you, you cannot bet against that guy. There, there's certain folks that a betting man would be stupid, stupid to bet against. He's one of those. McElroy's one of them. You know, Brooks last week was surprising, but, I, you know, even someone that fits, uh, I, I, there looks like there's a little fatigue on the go, really. You know, it's and maybe not physical fatigue. It's just the emotional fatigue of what has been a, an incredible season. So Brooks, you wouldn't bet against McElroy. You wouldn't, even though Brooks is tired. But Ram, I mean, he is he's a machine right now, and, and he can win any time he tees it up. Yep, for sure. Okay, Mark, uh, that's all I got. Enjoy your week. And we will reconvene on Sunday to talk about uh, how Brooks iced Bryson to win the uh, win the BMW. Over in Amstelite while Jordan Spieth was running up 16 fairway. <laughs> <laughs> talk to you later, Mark. Take care, bro. Bye. See you.